Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the state's second-largest school district plans to address its accreditation problems. Then, renaming Cleveland's high school as part of a desegregation settlement. Later, the holiday season is also the scam season. We're getting uh, reports of people wanting to know about particular online websites. Uh, We've had some people calling, uh, questioning how people are asking them to pay for things that they're buying online. And then we just are having just your regular scams that are going on this time of year. And refurbishing a historic statue on the Gulf Coast. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The State Board of Education is approving a plan by Jackson Public Schools to correct a number of accreditation problems facing the state's second largest school district. Among the issues facing the district are concerns over record keeping, teacher licensure and student safety. Paula Vanderford is in charge of the Office of School Accreditation at the Department of Education. She tells reporters the accreditation issues are not because of teacher misconduct. She also addresses reports of JPS students setting off metal detectors in schools without being stopped by security. So these are not concerns that would raise to the level of educator misconduct, you know, to our knowledge, or that would have been immediately reported by MDE staff. I mean, we're we're talking about, you know, children that are in line and a teacher just grabbing the arm and, you know, and pulling the children, you know. It was not an educator misconduct issue. Our MDE staff would have reported um, that, and we would have taken further actions there. So that what if is our concern, and that's why we are demanding that there be immediate actions to resolve this issue to avoid the state having to intervene. We are meeting again, as Dr. Wright said, with the local board at their December meeting, and so in further conversations um, with the district, we'll be laying out timelines of some things that we think should be in place when school starts in January. And so when I say immediate, we we mean immediate. 
I think um, just some examples of what I highlighted in my talking points. I mean, when kids walk through metal detectors, they should be stopped. They should be searched before they're allowed to enter the building. Uh, Buses should be at, at the campus on time. Kids should be in the classroom, not in the hallways. There should be teachers in every classroom. Um, not students unsupervised. We should have students that are engaged in the instruction, not playing on cell phones, engaging in social media, uh, watching movies, so on and so forth. Paula Vanderford of the State Board of Education. Despite the board's approval of the new corrective action plan, state administrators are worried district officials are not grasping the seriousness of the situation in the district. Former State Representative Kimberly Campbell is a member of the JPS Board of Trustees. She tells MPB's Paul Boger finding a new superintendent for the district will hopefully help with many of the accreditation problems. We do still have to deal with the issue of searching for a superintendent. Um, and I think when we get a, you know, a permanent superintendent in, in line, that will help with leadership. But at the moment right now, what's most immediate is that we get our cap passed. We needed to get the plan in place, and now that the, hopefully it appears that the cap will pass, and then now it's up to us to execute. I think most of us on the board do agree that, um, I think it was an error when we were hearing that the board doesn't think this is urgent. Uh, I know I, for one, can speak for myself as a board member, agree that this is an urgent situation. Uh, we have jewels in the Jackson Public School District. Um, again, speaking for myself, and I would dare say the rest of the board, that we want to move with urgency uh, as quickly as we can to address the issues, especially safety. Uh, again, speaking for myself, but, but I would like to think I'm speaking for the rest of the board members as well. I think our safety issues, especially uh, in one of our schools, is very important, and, and we've got to address that quick, fast, and in a hurry. I I think MDE has been working with us very hard for us to address our issues. Uh, They've been really good about uh, providing resources and so forth. And I think if if we continue to work together, I think we will avoid uh, a takeover. I'm not one that's going to say the the sky's falling just yet and that we're headed to the takeover. I think we're too soon to to, uh, start thinking along those lines. Uh, We will be releasing that um, at some point to to let everyone know what our plan is as far as timeline. And I'm not sure if that will come out in the next board meeting or not, but possibly. Uh, I I think now the superintendent is wanting to hear about that process. So, What are your thoughts on the state takeover of the Jackson Public Schools? Uh, I don't have any thoughts because, like I said, at this point I'm not going to focus on us getting involved in the takeover. All right, now I'm going to focus that JPS is going to be fine. We're going to do what we need to do to uh, clear our accreditation status. Again, I've not been here that long, so I cannot speak to what's going on in the past and when she was bringing some of these issues uh, to the forefront. But I think, again, we've got a good plan in place, and we've got a a really good interim superintendent, and we're going to execute and solve some of those issues. It's one of those things where you have to wait. We're just trying to get the plan passed first. And so now this is the first step, and the next step is us executing and making those changes as quickly as we can. MPB's Paul Boger with Kimberly Campbell of the Jackson Public School Board on how the district will fix its accreditation problems. In other news, after 50 years of litigation over the desegregation of the Cleveland School District, students there are making plans for unified schools. As MPB's Mark Rigsby reports, there are now three possible names for a new junior high and high school. 
Bolivar Central Braves, Cleveland Central Wolves or Wolfpack, and Cleveland Trojans are on the list of new names and mascots. A committee comprised of student government representatives came up with the list. Over the summer, U.S. District Judge Deborah Brown ordered the desegregation of the school district through consolidation. Cleveland School Board Attorney Jamie Jacks. The actual student bodies of the 6th through 11th graders will vote on these names. Jack says students will vote by using Bolivar County's voting machines after they come back from Christmas break. The students will actually vote on the voting machines, so there will be no question um, about the, the numbers. And they'll vote at their schools and check in, kind of like a, it'll be a little exercise in democracy, and they will pick the name of the, of the school. Meanwhile, the plaintiffs, the Department of Justice, and the school district have been engaged in settlement negotiations over the best way to achieve the desegregation of the school system. They must give an update to the judge by today. Mark Rigsby, MPB News. Up next, the holiday season is also the scam season. Find out how to avoid the scammers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The end of the year is the perfect time to get rid of that old car that's been taking up space in your driveway or garage. Why not let someone else sell that car for you while you simultaneously contribute to MPB? Donations received by 12 a.m. local time on January 1st count for the 2016 tax year. Wrap up your year in the spirit of holiday giving and receive a tax deduction for your vehicle donation to MPB. To donate or learn more, go to mpbonline.org. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. I'm Jeremy Hobson. The famous San Andreas Fault usually ruptures in small sections, causing earthquakes in parts of the West Coast. But what if the whole fault ruptured at once? A new analysis examines that possibility and its potential consequences. How likely is the big one and how prepared is the West Coast? That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Scammers are looking for ways to beat Mississippians out of money this holiday season. The state attorney general's office is warning people about one online scam called the Blessing Loom. In this scam, people put $100 into a PayPal account and find others to do the same. But it's a pyramid scheme that relies on constantly recruiting people. John O'Hara of the Better Business Bureau tells MPB's Desiree Frazier it's one of a number of schemes out this holiday season. We're getting uh, reports of people wanting to know about particular online websites. Uh, We've had some people calling, uh, questioning how people are asking them to pay for things that they're buying online. And then we just are having just your regular scams that are going on this time of year with uh, phone calls, people trying to raise money for police or fire department and, and those organizations and said that's not how they do business. Okay, so when it comes to police and fire, it's not even applicable. Whoever's calling, it's no way it's legitimate. We just had a report of in Madison County that 
people were being called saying they were raising money for the Madison County Fire Department, and the fire department said they, they have no such agreement in place to raise money. That's not how they do things. They don't do things by phone calls. So we want people that if you are being called, this is the time of year that people are being called to solicit for charities. Uh, I know I'm getting them at the house. Is It's okay to take that information down and maybe research the organization or find out more before you make your charitable donation because the scammers do come out and they use like names or they use things that people may see in the news, uh, sick dogs or children or refugees from a, con a country, and they uh, try to get you to make a decision to give over the phone. I'm just wondering, are these people in groups that are doing this, lone individuals, how does this work? It's, all, uh, I hate to say this, all of the above. Uh, sometimes what you do have is groups of people not even sitting in the, in this country making phone calls, getting phone lists from, from uh, about, say, Mississippi, and they just go down the line and they make calls. Uh, they watch local news, what's going on in our area. Uh, some of these people are in our country, in our area, trying to solicit funds. They just try to pull on the heartstrings. And sometimes it's an individual who just uh, creates something as a way to make some some money. Let's talk about some of the common holiday scams and how people can avoid the pitfalls. Uh, you say be cautious shopping online. Yes. Uh, more people are shopping online today than ever. And uh, it's a great way to, to get the exact gift you're looking for, the exact size, the exact color. You know, sometimes you go to the store, they might not have it. And it's also a good way to find great prices. But what you need to be aware of is uh, that there are people who will make like websites. They copy and they paste the photos and they uh, even the pricing. They create a website of items that you may buy and you'll never get the items. So you want to really research who you're buying it from to make sure uh, it's a legitimate site that they're doing that. And the way to do that is to check on the Better Business Bureau website, uh, bbb.org, and to check about the company that's selling online and make sure that we have information on them. Say you use your credit card for that purchase. Can they continue to use that number for other things? Yes, they can. The The good thing is when you mentioned the key word is credit card, and we're asking people really to do all of your online shopping with a credit card. Reason being, if you do not get that item, you can contest that with your credit card. If you use a debit card, the money comes out of your bank account. And as you had mentioned, uh, if people continue to use that card, you know, it can make your house payment, your car payment, your rent checks bounce because people are taking out money without you knowing it. So by using a credit card, uh, you do have a layer of protection there that will keep people from, uh, you know, causing you uh, issues. One of the things uh, I thought was interesting, too, is the fake shipping notices. How does that work? It happens uh, with these websites where people will get notifications, uh, and we actually had a report uh, from a lady who had bought some hoverboards that uh, said they had shipped, and then when she had checked the tracking numbers, she took she got a shipping notice, and uh, it, she got, this is your UPS tracking number, it's delayed in shipping. When she took that tracking number and went to UPS's website, it said it was invalid. But the email that she got had all the colors and everything of UPS on it. It looked just like a UPS shipping notice. So we're telling people, if you get an email uh, sent to you with tracking numbers, 
don't click on that link. Take that tracking number and go to the actual carrier, Federal Express or UPS or the, or the United States Post Office tracking. Track that number to make sure it is legitimate. What she did find out is that uh, this was a site that was set up in China, and uh, if she did buy it on credit card, she was just going to go ahead and cancel her contested, try and cancel her purchase, and, and try and buy it from somewhere in the States. But when she originally bought it, she thought she was buying it from a legitimate company. So it was a fake website. It was a fake website and a fake shipping notice. What the fake shipping notice does is it, it tells you it's delayed. So what happens is you may pay that credit card bill. That money will be gone. Uh, they try to delay you. Uh, just think of the worst thing that could happen. You go to buy uh, someone special a gift. Uh, first, first of all, it, it doesn't show up in time. And then second of all, it never shows up and you're out the money. So it just becomes a, a, a bad situation that could get worse. Nothing worse than uh, losing money uh, to, a fake sh to a fake website, but then also disappointing that loved one of the gift you wanted to get them. MPB's Desiree Frazier with John O'Hara of the Better Business Bureau. Leanne Neely of Ridgeland is well aware of how vulnerable Mississippians are to scams. She tells Esri Frazier she stays on the lookout. One thing that I do with my credit card is not use it when I go to the gas pump. So anytime I now I've stopped using it at all and I just take, you know, a certain amount of cash, bring it in, and then I'll just say, you know, $40 on pump two and then fill up, go back and get my change. And it's actually been really fun because I've gotten to know the people better because usually when you use your credit card, you don't get to say hi to anyone and you're just in and out. So I've stopped doing it. And that's because the news had uh, actually an article or a story about a device that's put on the pumps where they can read the credit cards. So I, I've just stopped doing that. And you'd be surprised how easy it actually is. I thought, oh, I don't want to get up and out of my car, but it's, it works out really well. So I do that. What about shopping on websites? Well, I do shop on websites, um, and I've never had any problems, but maybe I've been lucky, but I feel like um, the, I only um, use my credit card on the places like Amazon.com or something that's so, it seems like it's so large that you may, probably wouldn't run into that problem, but that kind of goes back to why I always look at my statements really carefully on my credit card, and I also only have one credit card. Um, except for one that I use only for work. And I think that helps, too, because that way it's a lot more easy for me to manage um, the the expense, the charges that are made. MPB's Desiree Fraser with Leanne Neely of Ridgeland on avoiding scammers this holiday season. Up next, refurbishing the historic statue on the Gulf Coast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jeremy Hobson. The famous San Andreas Fault usually ruptures in small sections, causing earthquakes in parts of the West Coast. But what if the whole fault ruptured at once? A new analysis examines that possibility and its potential consequences. How likely is the big one and how prepared is the West Coast? That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. Do you have kids? Chances are good that you've embarrassed them. Those new dance moves you were practicing when their friends came over, driving them to school in that old car. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdahl, the host of Marketplace, and I don't want you to give up your groove, but might I suggest donating that old car to this station? You'll save your kids some embarrassment, and if you upgrade to a newer model, you could be the coolest parents ever. Go to mpbonline.org and find the contribution link on our homepage. 
We appreciate your support of our programs. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A Catholic church is asking for help from the public to restore a Gulf Coast landmark before its 40th anniversary next year. The 14-foot statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe standing outside Holy Family Parish in Past Christian is in disrepair after years of wear and tear from the elements. Father Mike Austin tells MPB's Mark Rigsby that, uh, that the statue's foundation contains stones and dust from the hill of Tepeyac in Mexico. The statue is uh, 40 years old. It was dedicated on July 30th of 1977. And uh, through the years with tropical storms and and especially with Hurricane Katrina, uh, she was uh, damaged by flying debris. And so uh, there are parts of the statue that is starting to split uh, as a result of water and weather now able to get inside where the wire and things that hold the structure together is beginning to rust. So we need someone who is familiar with sculpting and um, the uh, type of material that was used to uh, sculpt the statue to do some repairs to make it uh, solid again and then uh, to to repaint her uh, and, you know, to back to restore her back to her original state. Can you tell our listeners who may not know uh, the story of uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe? Sure. Uh, Back in the uh, 1500s, I think it was 1530 in December, um, during a time in Mexico's history that was uh, very much a uh, um, sort of a pagan nation under the influence of uh, a lot of the uh, gods of the Mayan Indians and so on. Well, there happened to be a time when there was many children being sacrificed uh, to these these gods and their religious ceremonies. And um, it was during this turbulent time that uh, Our Lady appeared to Juan Diego on a hilltop called Tipiac. And in her message to him, uh, was that he he and others needed to pray for the conversion of these people to preserve the life, basically, of, of these children. And in the apparition, she is with child. And um, so she asked that a church be built on the site for people to pray, and the proof that she gave of her appearance was... Uh, the blooming of roses on the hilltop in winter. And she told uh, Juan Diego that he needed to pick the flowers and wrap them in his tilma, his coat, and bring them to the bishop as proof of her appearance and message. And so he picked the flowers and he went to the bishop, and when he got to the bishop and he opened his coat to show the flowers, uh, the flowers, uh, the stems hit the fell to the ground, and inside the coat was imprinted the image that we're all familiar with, of, of her standing in, in front of the sun, being held up by the angel on the, floating on the moon, and with child. And that, that tilma is, uh, can still be seen in the cathedral in Mexico City. And the interesting things about the, the tilma is that it's made of a vegetation uh, type of weave of, of natural plant products 
but it hasn't uh, deteriorated in over 500 years. And another miracle with the tilma is that the image is not actually infused in the fabric, but it actually hovers and floats just above it. And scientists have examined this image uh, many times, and they cannot identify what it consists of. Can you tell our listeners about the, the statue's foundation and the special material that it's made out of? Sure, sure. The statue itself took 13 years to, to sculpt, and it was uh, sculpted here uh, locally on the Mississippi Gulf Coast by an artist named Harry Reeks um, from Ocean Springs. And uh, he used his own special compound mixture. Uh, it's a mortar-type mixture, but he combined it with uh, colored marble stones and crushed marble. And from that, he created the sculpture. It took him 13 years. And uh, a father, uh, Herbert Mullen, who was a retired priest in the diocese at the time, commissioned that statue and donated it to the diocese. So um, when it was completed, one of the Dawson employees who was a parishioner here in this parish, Mr. A.J. Scardino, had the statue erected on the beach here in the past on the church property up there as a national shrine. So it's the only shrine in the southeast United States that's dedicated by the church of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Coming up after Mississippi Edition, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Next stop, Mississippi and Southern Remedy. And remember, if you want to catch the show outside the broadcast, you can listen to your favorite podcasting app and listen whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll have a great weekend, and I hope to join us again Monday morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Kyle Wynn & Associates, an elder law firm with offices in Ridgeland, Diamond Head, and Hernando, assisting clients throughout the state with estate planning, including trusts, avoidance of probate, and nursing home asset protection. Details at kyle-wynn.com. It's Marketplace Tech for Friday, December.